0: Wow, I cannot believe we are down to the last month of 2023. If you're feeling a tug at your heart to get started doing something going into the new year, but you aren't sure how to start, I am so excited to be offering coaching to this community just for that. If you're interested in seeing if this would be a good option for you, head over to unashamedlyyou.com and select the coaching tab and book your first session for absolutely free. If you're eager to start living out your purpose, but need direction where to start, I would love to help. Book your free session and let's embark on this journey together. Hello and welcome to the Unashamedly You podcast a space to enlighten, encourage, and empower you to go out and unashamedly be who God is calling you to be. I am your host, Jamie Herndon. I pray you hear less of me and more of him as you listen to today's episode. Let's grow together. What a delight to have a guest on today that is a special lady and she makes everyone around her feel special too. She has had a lot of life circumstances to go through at a young age and I'm just grateful that she's agreed to be on the podcast with us today to share some of those things. Wendy Bourne, I am so excited to be bringing you as a guest on the Unashamedly You podcast today. Take a moment and introduce yourself.
1: Well, thank you so much. What an honor to even be asked to do this. I want to thank you for this podcast. This has been a great platform for lots of encouragement, inspiration to ladies of all ages. I've enjoyed it several times myself. It's just very needed, especially in the world we live in. So I thank you so much for being asked to be on this today. I'm Wendy Bourne from Summerall, Mississippi. I'm married to Pastor Clint Bourne, and we pastor some of the greatest people At First Pentecostal Church of Summerall, we have three handsome little blonde boys, Carson, who is 12, Parker, that's eight, and Benjamin, that's two years old. God truly has a sense of humor. I'm a very girly girl and I have all boys. (laughs) So if anybody out there has any self-help books or anything, information to send my way, raising boys is not for the faint of heart. So I welcome it. I also serve as an administrator at Summerall Christian Academy, our church school. I wasn't raised in ministry as a young girl, but I was raised in Northeast Texas by two loving and hardworking parents. My mother, who I was raised by, is a devoted prayer warrior of a mother who was dedicated to studying God's word, praying every day of her life. I'm truly grateful for that. And so she instilled early on just a love for everything about church and gave me such a desire for the things of God. I absolutely love church camps, camp meetings ever since I was a young, young little girl. And so I'm so grateful for that. If I would talk about something I love to do, maybe on the side, I honestly dream about having a hobby because honestly, with three kids, it's very hard to find time to have a hobby. But if I enjoy something the most, it would just be getting the time at home with my family to be able to cook, have a home cooked meal and just enjoying time together. I do love to read, but again, I have to be very intentional about carving out a time to read. Even my daily devotion has to be very intentional. And so one thing I did start to help me as a mother is to set my alarm a little extra early and get that Bible time with just me, myself, and God and my cup of coffee. So that's a little bit about
0: me. Yes. Raising boys is not for the faint of heart. I only have no. one. <laughs> and people always <laughs> ask, when are you going to have another child? Are y'all going to have another another one. Are you done? I'm like, Ezra equals a dozen kids. I cannot imagine anyone having a boy and having more. (laughs) Thankfully, the Lord gave me two girls first. And so then we had our boy. (laughs) Ada even said one time, we prayed so hard for a boy and they prayed so hard for a brother. And then she said, what were we praying for? (laughs) We got more than we asked for. (laughs) We did, but boys are fun, so. Yes, they are. Life is fun and you're busy. So you talked about that you are a pastor's wife, and that's what we know you as, Sister Wendy Bourne, a pastor's wife, but you actually went to college and had a thriving career before you stepped into that role. Do you mind sharing a little bit of what you had done before?
1: Yes, ma'am. So I have a bachelor's of science degree in biology. When I went to college, I actually had aspirations of doing pre-med or pre-dental, but once I met my husband, my plans changed a little bit. So and that's a funny side note. I actually met my husband for the very first time early on in my college career. I met him my freshman year of college. He actually came to our church and his parents were evangelizing at the time. And he walked in and we were matching to a tea, if that can be done between a young man and a young lady. He was wearing a brown suit and a burnt orange shirt and I was wearing a brown dress suit with a burnt orange shirt. And so it was really unreal how much we matched, I mean, it the exact same colors. And so several of my church friends said you've got to go up to that young man and introduce yourself to your twin and they were it was just a big joke. And so I did and he was younger than me at that time, of course. And he wasn't even out of high school and I was a freshman in college. So I felt so mature in my own mind, I guess. And he just seemed so young to me. But the crazy thing is we actually took a picture the very first night we met and that was on Polaroid film. And so I'm dating myself a little bit and I moved several times in college. I moved apartments. And so in one of my moves, I actually threw that picture away thinking this guy's pretty young and he lives in Mississippi. So I'll probably never date him. (laughs) And So I threw the picture away. My husband could like kill me today for doing that. But the one awesome thing he did even when he was young, is that he had the guts enough to ask an older girl for her number. And so we did stay in contact through the years as friends. And so that was the very first introduction of us to each other. And so then, like I was mentioning, I moved away to college. I was from Northeast Texas. So I moved to South Texas. At that time, when I went off to college, straight out of high school, I had one older sister. I only had one sibling and I had an older sister who was around seven and a half years older than me. And she was not married at the time when I went off to college. But when I told my parents where I decided to go to university at, for some unknown reason, it was a little bizarre to me. My older sister put in a job transfer to be transferred with me to go off to college with me, basically. And hindsight, looking back, I just think she wanted to look out after me, her younger sister, and she wanted to experience living outside the Texarkana, maybe living in a larger city. And so that's what we did. And she actually moved down there while I was attending college. And I attended church faithfully during this time, but my sister did not. She was raised in the church just as I was, but was not attending church at the time when I was in college. And so my third year of college, that's when my family's life changed forever. Uh, I got a phone call to my college apartment from the sheriff's department where they proceeded to ask me, was I sitting down? And then I was informed my sister had been in an accident with a drunk driver and that she was in ICU in a coma my heart just like stopped. It sunk. My world seemed to stop. My family's life seemed to stop for just, you know, the world kept moving by painfully, but our world had just like totally stopped. (laughs) And so it was a long two weeks. She was actually in the hospital for two weeks after that accident. But at the end of that two weeks, we lost my sister, my only sibling right after her 28th birthday and right after Thanksgiving. And so I was 20 at the time. So we lost her to a non-recoverable brain injury. And this was back in 2003. So we're coming up on 20 years of this happening in my life. And it truly was one of the darkest times of my life. This was a very critical time in my life. Of course, I was in college. It was many years before I could even talk about this event and not get completely broken and upset about it. But I will say right after that event, I entered into what now I can see was a period of depression, just pure darkness. Not only did I have to deal with losing my roommate, but my only sibling began to struggle in every area of my life for several months after that. I literally cried every day at some point for six months. That's not an exaggeration. And so... It just was a very dark time. Even as a child of God, I was still attending church. i was still going to church, still involved somewhat, but I began to just let things go. I began to struggle with so many things just from the darkness of the adversary closing in on my mind. And so it was just a dark time. But I remember even through those dark times, there was defining prayers of desperation. I found myself isolated in the depression, the darkness. But I would find myself reaching out to God in all that loneliness, in isolation. And I looking back now, I know God fully responded to those prayers of desperation, even when I probably didn't deserve for him to answer me. I probably wasn't doing all the things I needed to do. But God honors a broken and a contrite spirit. And so I remember one prayer in particular. I remember laying on the floor of my apartment in college and just crying out to God. It was just such a darkness around me. And I would just beg God, if you could just send an angel, send anything to me to get me out of this darkness. I'll do anything for you. I'll live for you. I'll do what you want me to do. I love you, God. I trust you. And it was just a few months later that I began to date my husband and he came back into my life. I ran into him at a church conference. Now, I try not to get emotional. I held my composure through most of it. But at this time, he was a little older. He was well over six foot tall at this point. And God truly sent me an angel of a man. I tell everyone, all the young girls at my church, when God sent him to me, he was one of the kindest young men I had ever met or dated And he was my Mississippi man. And so he definitely rescued me out of a place of darkness, out of a place of despair. And so we got married once I completed my college degree. And so I completed that biology degree and ended up moving to Mississippi.
0: That is so sweet. you got me balling too. That was a whole lot to go through during that time and staying in school and keeping up with getting your degree and being alone all of a sudden like I just think of so many things that you were going through no doubt there was darkness and dark days but for you to even continue doing the things that you were doing to be able to keep up with life even if you didn't feel like you were keeping up with life I know that it was the Lord that was helping you and then like you saying he honors a broken and a contrite spirit there's so much to be said about that about just finally getting to the place where you're like God if you'll help me I'm willing to be helped I think so many times we'll go through certain situations and we try to help God and we try to figure things out or we want to ask why. And we're so worried about that part that we don't ever end up asking like, God, I'm ready for your help. I'm ready for you to do it for me. So so you said you got your degree and you had met Brother Bourne, but you've left us hanging (laughs) what all ended up happening here.
1: (laughs) So I moved on to Mississippi. At that point,
0: I began applying for jobs
1: with a biology degree and I had aspirations of getting into medical sales. And me and my husband were both blessed to work in medical sales early on in our marriage. I applied for probably about two and a half years, interviewed with so many companies after graduating. And I did land a a job in pharmaceutical sales at the age of 24. And I went to work for Novo Nordisk as a pharmaceutical marketer for them. I worked for them for over eight years. And they are a multi-billion dollar company, one of the largest producers of diabetes drugs. I marketed insulin. And I also helped launch one of their newer diabetes drugs that are highly popular now. And um, they're not insulin, and then they're also used at that time, they were used off label for weight loss as well. So it was a it was an awesome experience and opportunity to be able to do that. By 26 years old, I was making over six digit salary. So God certainly blessed us so much early on in our marriage. We were just greatly blessed and, you know, just living the good life and, you know, active in church.
0: So you were in medical sales and you were doing pharmaceutical sales and obviously very successful doing that. And then now you are sister born, you guys are pastoring the church. Tell us a little bit about that story, transitioning from doing the pharmaceutical sales and becoming the pastor's wife.
1: Yes, ma'am. So early on in our marriage, my husband was always just in the background of the Summerall Church. His dad and mother were the pastor here, and he was very involved in singing and helping things go smoothly here at the church, but just always kind of in the background. And he was such a kind and humble young man. He was an only child, so this was a very close-knit family. I will say as a side note to young people, if you are dating someone and they are an only child, you absolutely must fall in love with their family completely. It's a package deal. But that's what sealed the deal really for me is I absolutely loved his family. They treated me like a complete queen. I actually would rather have hung out with them. Then couples our age at that time, they were just that fun. And y'all know Sister Johnette, so y'all know just how bright and fun she is. And so my father-in-law was such a dynamic person. He was a great leader here at the Summerall Church. He was one of the best singers. He was actually a songwriter. He could lead service like nobody else. He was just an awesome anointed preacher and man of God. And so my husband was perfectly content just being in the background. He was in his comfort zone. And it was definitely big shoes to feel just the thought of even stepping outside of his dad's shadow. And so because his dad did everything amazing. And so in October of 2012, tragedy struck our family. And so when we lost my father-in-law due to the tragic accident of him falling out of a deer stand it completely rocked our world. And so when we got that call that his dad had passed away, we were actually an hour away from where he had fallen at. And my husband immediately, when we got the news of that, he immediately hit the ground in the yard, the front yard of the church parsonage. And at that time he began to call on God, you know, in pure desperation. And he felt within that moment, even in that, quick moment of despair that God was fully calling him to answer the complete will of God and to answer the call of God on his life. He had felt called, I'm sure, as a young man or teenager, but didn't know what the calling would be. And so the church actually felt that way in prayer too. Our church family felt it in prayer that it was the will of God. But I will be honest, I was completely shocked (laughs) I never dreamed they would want my husband as the pastor of the church. And for us to go forward with that, my husband had only preached five times in his life. And so it all seemed very unreal overnight. And it began to feel as if me and my mother-in-law were going to have to switch roles almost overnight. And so when I tell you it was a hard pill to swallow and, a lot to process. It just was. And so the church actually voted us in at a hundred percent, which is very rare in any kind of church transition. And so our church people here at Summerall, they are the absolute saints of God. They truly have the heart of God. They are prayerful people. And so it was definitely hard on all of us. It was hard on our church family, losing their shepherd, and then hard on us to try to navigate what now is God's plan for each of us. And so this was a dark and trying time, especially for Sister Johnette, for my husband, and just to try to navigate what is now God's will for our life. And so a few times I remember early on in pastoring when they voted us in, sitting on the couch with Sister Johnette and us just simply holding hands and crying together She'll just never know what it was like to have that kind of wisdom and help. I know we were a strength to her, but she was an absolute strength to us. And just to have her wisdom poured into our life. Not many pastors or pastor's wives get any kind of help, you know, like such a close connection like that to just try to navigate through. And I will say I watched her give herself completely to God and to prayer during this time. We were all desperate to know and to feel our way. How are we going to make it through? We were desperate to make it through however God was going to perform that and help us. But we were desperate to know what God's will was. And so even struggling through all these emotions and all of this, we know that through deep prayer and the absolute miraculous hand of God, His grace, we've been now blessed to serve the people of God here at Summerall for 11 years. And what a journey it's been.
0: (laughs) Wow. It's so hard to believe that it's been 11 years that you guys have been the pastor. I'll never forget hearing about that and hearing about the tragedy and then just talking about being able to have Sister Johnette's wisdom. Yes, Sister Johnette is now here. And so we know that what a help <laughs> and a strength that she that she is just to every single person, but having that there. So then, like I said, she is here. She transitioned to FPC NLR over time. But talk a little bit about that whenever then you lost your help. Right. Then we got an extra special blessing. I know God smiled
1: down on us when we think about it. And so God truly sent Bishop Joel Holmes to Sister Johnette and our family. And I want to say how much we love and admire the entire Holmes family. What a heritage and legacy of truth that they in case. And so we're just so appreciative. God's plans, they just continue to blow our minds for sure. And so when she married Bishop Holmes, I had told a few people, I felt like I literally had to take off the training wheels. It was just time to sink or swim. And so even though we were probably doing everything on our own, but just to have that comfort and our help here We just had to let her go. And so we know when she moved to North Little Rock, what a blessing that was to the saints of God there at FPC. Although through the loss of Reverend Timothy Bourne, it left a huge hole in our heart and our family. But oh, how God has greatly blessed us, blessed my husband and myself just to have access to the wisdom and love that Bishop Joel Holmes has brought to us as a family family. And God is so faithful through it all.
0: He is. And I tell Sister Johnette often, she's our sunshine. That's <laughs> we right. had some dark, dark days before she got there. And when she walked in, it was like the sun was shining again. And she definitely is sunshine. We just had on Nation Sunday recently at our church. And I'm telling you, every single event, <laughs> somehow we end up working together. We spray painted flowers together for camp meeting and we had our hands so covered and we're like oh goodness people are gonna (laughs) think we've painted our nails for camp meeting we didn't know how we were ever gonna get it (laughs) off but Uh, she's just out there sweating and painting with us and then she's cutting up waffles and she just does it all she just finds herself a place and gets to work she's definitely brought us sunshine and we're grateful to have her and to have the Warren family to be such a connection now with our church as well So you've talked a lot about, I mean, some devastating losses in your life. I know that God has been faithful through all of it, but I still know that it leaves many unanswered questions. So you've had to ask why at times during some of these tragic losses and changes. And what is something that you may would say to someone that is going through something that it is a tragic loss and there is a lot of questions.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I think even... In dealing with even pastoring or helping people in our church and helping people in general, the hardest questions through these kind of things in life is the whys. And to know a good response to people that are truly, there's there's lots of things that happen, even to good people, and to understand how to navigate through the whys. But it wasn't till I was a little bit older that I truly realized, I think it goes back to my first sudden lost and the devastation in my family early on that I would have to attribute a lot of things I learned to my mother. And I didn't even realize when I, even at 20 years old, the kind of strength, but really the kind of wisdom and fear of God that my mother and even my father demonstrated through losing their child. I never once heard my mom openly question God after bearing a child. And so I know the Bible tells us to not charge God foolishly, but I know she had questions in her mind, but I know that she carried all of her questions to God and not to people. And so the Bible tells us it rains on the just and the unjust. And so one revelation I know I have received through a lot of the pain and the hurt is when we verbalize and stay in our pain, it just begins to multiply negativity, fear in our mind. It leaves us in that dark spot. And so instead of no matter how hard it seems at the time, sometimes it feels like you can't catch your breath. It hurts so bad. But just by praising God, turning our focus off the pain and putting it on as much on him as we possibly can. He does answer. He does comfort So learning to pour my heart out to God instead of people has truly changed my life. There's been many prayerful prayer meetings, even since having hurt and loss, where I find myself in the floor sobbing, groaning, maybe not even having the right words to pray or to ask God for something. But I know God truly understands it all. And so I can look back and totally see, That only through the agonizing, deep hurt of the feeling of pain did I learn certain things. And so, pain has pushed me to have a greater hunger and desire for the word of God and for prayer. I can honestly say, pain has pushed me to be desperate at times for a word from heaven. It's pushed me to desire a godly wisdom and understanding somehow. But that godly wisdom only comes from the word of God and from reading his word. And so pain and this ever changing life, life is so fluid and it can change, you know, at the snap of our finger uh, within a phone call, your life can change. And so this has helped me so much just have a greater empathy towards helping people, people that are actually in deep pain, in deep, deep situations at times And so that and the urgency of eternity, I mean, life is so fleeting, so short that during this time, that's when God truly makes his love, his grace shine all the more real to us. And he just becomes so real through all the tests and the storms of life.
0: You saying that reminded me of a message that Pastor Holmes recently preached and he was talking about all these things in life just seem so big and they just seem like such a big focus. But when you take your focus off of those things and you put your focus on eternity, everything seems so small. It really isn't as big and as long as what it feels like because eternity is forever and it's really what we're working towards.
1: Absolutely.
0: And I think through these times
1: too, It's just always helped me and it carries me not only to get in God's word, but to start praying his word and praying his promises, claiming his promises on our life. His promises are yes, they are not nay. And so his promises are forever settled. They're for us. They're for every one of us. And so one of my favorite is Philippians 4, 6 through 8. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And this is the promise to us if we do this. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And so, so many times that's been a consolation to me. There are times you feel like I might lose my mind, my heart's broken in a million pieces. But what an awesome promise to have a mighty God that can guard and will guard our heart and our mind and protect us through those times.
0: Like you said, his promises are yes and amen. His word is forever settled. And whenever we cling to what he has said, there are promises that we can count on. Even when we Mm -hmm. don't understand what's going on, we can count on those things. Sister Wendy Bourne, this has been absolutely amazing. Everything that you have said, your story that you have shared, it has been so good and so helpful, I know, to others to be able to listen to this and so inspiring and encouraging. What is one of the last things that you may would leave for the Unashamedly You community?
1: Well, God is always still writing your testimony. We don't have to understand the why's, but we can trust and have confidence in such a big and mighty loving God, a mighty loving savior, that he does know the end from the beginning. And so the pain or the suffering that we might be in now or have experienced, it can absolutely birth a strength and endurance, not only in our life, but in future generations. And we can absolutely use pain to help somebody else, and to reach outside ourselves. So what an awesome assurance today. God's love is so amazing. His mercy endures, and I'm thankful for that love and mercy to us.
0: And we are thankful to have you on the Unashamedly You podcast today. Thank you again so much for being on here, taking time out of your busy schedule. I know you have a lot going on, and we're grateful that you came on the podcast today and shared so much with us.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much for listening to another episode on the Unashamedly You podcast. We would be delighted if you would go and leave us a review and let us know how a podcast has helped or encouraged you. Your reviews and comments mean the world, and I pray that you find the encouragement you need week after week with each episode. Go be Unashamedly You.